This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey listeners, it's Phil Mackey. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Mackey and Jeb with Rami. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you're tight on time today and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Shot clock down to five. Bogdanovich. Oh, man. Culver gets it into Wiggins. Andrew for the tie. Can't get it to drop. Rebounded by the Kings. Wiggins. Gets a three away. And this is one of the more improbable losses. How do you process how that game slipped away from you guys last night? I don't know. I don't know, so. How frustrated are you? What'd you think? What do you guys have to do to things going in the right direction. I'll be committed. Scott, I'll be committed to this and uh, go from there. Alrighty then. That was Carl Anthony Towns. Today, that was today, the the last clip, right? That was yes. after thinking on it a little bit. Yeah, that was a couple hours ago. Carl Anthony Towns. because yeah, he didn't talk. He, he ran last night right out of the locker room. You were there yeah. witnessing that game. I chose to... In my multiple TV options last night, I chose to watch the Kobe game that was that was the the sixty point game. And even knowing what was coming, it was like the the contrast of what you saw on ESPN rerunning from three years ago up against the end of that garbage at Target Center last night, blowing a twenty seven point lead, and I believe the number is over eight thousand teams since nineteen ninety six have had a seventeen oh, point lead. Can I give it to you? Yes, because the, fa- the, the fact is so good. Mm. Since the I mean, it's not good. Oh no, it's good. Okay, it's so bad. It's it's good. Since the ninety six ninety seven season, the first year of play by play data being tracked. Okay, NBA teams entered Monday. Oh, and eight thousand three hundred seventy eight when trailing by seventeen or more in the final three minutes of the fourth quarter or overtime. Oh, wait, give us that number again. Eight thousand. Eight thousand. 378. In other words, now teams are 1 and 8,378. Okay. Let's let's do this here. John Krasinski from The Athletic is going to join us in about 12 minutes from now. And we had actually we had actually scheduled to talk to him about Kobe Bryant because we, we, we booked Johnny Krasinski before that Wolves game last night. But double the fun with Johnny Krasinski uh, at, at 4.15 today. Let's spend the next 10 to 12 minutes and just have an honest discussion because I, I know... Last night was just a basketball game, especially in the 48-hour wake of what happened to Kobe Bryant and and eight others on Sunday. 
But on a night where you're honoring Kobe Bryant, and Kobe Bryant, by the way, represents the Mamba mentality, and he represents work and grind and relentlessness, and it's just a basketball game, but on a night where you're honoring that, I was so put off by the way that game ended. Like, it's not about the win or the loss. It's it's about the way it happened on the night that it happened that really rubbed me the wrong way last night. Am I, like, no, blowing this out of proportion? Not. Because I, I'm, I'm not somebody who often puts a lot of stock into, A, body language, or, B, what guys will say into a microphone after a game in a locker room. Because body language, I think we read too much into it sometimes, and we want to... We want to infer our own meaning into a guy's facial expressions or body language. And post-game comments, whether they're press conferences or a gangbang in the locker room, but just a bunch of guys gathered around a player's locker with microphones in his face, they're often just cookie-cutter responses. But when you won't even show up to give those cookie-cutter responses and leave it to Shabazz Napier to answer the tough questions, and he had some really great things to say, actually, in hindsight, and brought up what you brought up about the Mamba mentality. But in extreme cases, I put stock into, A, you not showing up for a post-game press conference, and B, your body language when everything is crumbling around you. And there was there was a moment with about a minute left where the Kings were going to the free throw line for one of the many, many free throws that they shot in that fourth quarter, and they showed Carl Anthony Towns getting into his position before the free throw. And he had his hands on his hips, shoulders slumped, head tilted towards the ground, poopy face, as I like to term it, which is never good. Bottom never, never good. Bottom lip out, kind of pouty, and eyes kind of droopy. Like there was just no fire, no passion, no desire there. And the first thing I thought of was what Shabazz Napier said, which is on a night where you're honoring Kobe Bryant, and one of the things Kobe Bryant left behind because he was so willing to give his time and his wisdom to younger players in the NBA was the mindset. that The, the fact that desire and effort are two things that are always in your control. How badly you want it and how hard you're going to work for it are two things that are always in your control. And Carl Anthony Towns showed none of that mentality, and Shabazz Napier agrees. I mean, the loss of Kobe definitely is something that we all think of, but, I mean, the competitor he is, I mean, he would be upset with us, um, truly upset with us, and I think once you step on them lines, all you're thinking about is playing the game and playing at the highest level, and um, today we did, we, did, we did a dishonest to him, to, to the organization, to the fans. Um, uh, we didn't play to our capabilities in the, in the second half, and we started playing with the lead, and um, can't play with the lead. Basketball guys will take over, and uh, smacking your face with a loss like this. What makes this worse, too, is that Shabazz Napier was 2 of 6 on free throws. He had a bad, bad night. After the game, the man went out, to the court again to shoot 100 practice free throws. He returned to the locker room and became the first guy to speak on behalf of his entire team, okay? Friday night, Friday night against the Rockets, when Westbrook, an ultimate competitor, right? You might hate him, but he's an ultimate competitor, came in here and did you, absolutely did you. He did not shoot a three-pointer for the Houston Rockets, but he worked you, and the Rockets won. And after that game... 
Cat was asked in sort of a nice roundabout way about the fact that he's complaining a lot and in the officials' faces, which Phil and I have been talking about for the entirety of Cat's career. And I think at one point we both thought, okay, he's going to mature. At some point in time, this is going to probably stop because guys mature. Um, Cat's point that night was, as the captain of this team, I am designated uh, shortly before the games as the representative from our team to talk to the officials. Therefore, when I look like I'm complaining, I'm also complaining on behalf of my teammates because I have the right among the players to talk to the officials. All right? So now fast forward to Monday night. where So on Friday, Cat has declared I'm the captain of this team, basically. And by the way, he should be. I have no problem with that. But on Monday night, when you blow a historic lead, you disappear that quickly. So you're the cat. So you, in one case, are saying, My teammates look up to me and I defend them, and I'm the captain of this team. And three nights after that, you leave poor Shabazz Napier coming off an awful game to be the spokesman. It doesn't sit right. Um, I think something's wrong here. And I, I said this on Vetline today. This is, I'm declaring this, day one cat in crisis. Something's very wrong here. This is not normal. And that was not one basketball game. This is all, we all thought, and I'll be the first to admit, I got fooled too, that when he sort of took it upon himself to confront Embiid in Philadelphia, that, hey, that's a positive step. This is the cat that we have not seen. And if anything, since that day, he has gone backwards. And I think that there's something very wrong here. And if you want to take my tact, which is usually to say, you're reading too much into body language. You're reading too much into the fact he didn't speak to the media after the game. How about this for the guy who is the biggest, strongest, most talented, and best basketball player on that floor between those two teams? If you just want to look at the results and what they put in the box score, Towns one for five with four points, two rebounds, and three turnovers in the final 17 minutes of the game. Yeah. One for, you shot the ball five times while the world was crumbling? Like, dude, you're supposed to be Superman. You're supposed to be the guy who comes to the rescue. And you just checked out. You just kept your Clark Kent suit on. You ran in the phone booth and hid. That, that's what Carl Anthony Towns did yesterday. He was supposed to be Superman. Instead, Clark Kent ran in the phone booth. Phone booths were a thing that were still existent in there's the still 90s. A couple, there's still a couple. He run. ran in the phone booth and hid from imminent danger. That's what happened to Carl Anthony Towns yesterday while the world was crumbling Dude, around him. This is, you, you guys know, when Rami, Rami, I think it was like six or eight months ago it, during our off-season Wolves discussion, and Rami came on this show and he started throwing out the idea, hey, I know that he just signed a massive max contract extension, but the Wolves might want to consider trading Carl Anthony Towns. And you and I sat here, Judd, and we're like, Come on, like you can't actually believe that, right? Like that you're you're out of your mind. What do you, you shock jock Rami coming in here and just lighten lighten takes on fire, right? Take artist, but and I have been as bullish as anyone. I mean, in the first two weeks of the season, I I came on this show and said I think Carl Anthony Towns might be one of the five best players in the NBA, especially now that he's got a GM and a system and a coach that all sort of in theory fit his needs. But for the first time in five years, I'm starting to look sideways at Carl Anthony Towns, not necessarily as a skilled player or a guy who physically and, and talent-wise uh, 
has the ability to take a team to but but mentality and leadership wise I'm looking sideways at this guy and I'm and I'm I'm looking at that game last night in that moment and before the game starts you get on the microphone and you pay tribute to Kobe Bryant Kobe Bryant Mamba mentality I mean of all nights to have that happen under your watch I'm sorry but things are different for me after last night they it's it's I I feel it in my gut Something's either wrong, there's something either way wrong and elephant in the room behind the scenes that we aren't privy to, or this dude just doesn't have it in his gut to be able to lead a team the way that we have all expected him to in the five or six years he's been here. I would go back farther than when I said that at some point, and just to clarify what I was saying, it was when Garrison Rosas was hired, and I said, if I'm Garrison Rosas and I don't see a path to relevance and contention before either Carl Anthony Towns contract is up or he demands a trade of some sort. Then I just start exploring that trade possibility right now. If I'm Garrison Rosas and that's the conclusion I've come to, but I'll take you back even further when I got here in the immediate aftermath of the Jimmy Butler fiasco. And I said all along, like the way Jimmy Butler went about things, probably not great. He could have, he could have voiced his displeasure and concerns that he had in a more productive way that wouldn't have imploded the whole thing. But I did say that I see what Jimmy Butler is saying. I see what he's seeing when it comes to Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. And to stick with Carl Anthony Towns for a second, what I saw was this was a guy who, as I just said, most nights in an NBA game is the biggest, strongest, best basketball player on that court. And he needs to develop that mindset, that switch that he can flip. And this is when Giannis took his game to another level, a guy I was covering before I came here, of realizing that and flipping that switch whenever he needed to. Giannis talked about the fact after he had talked with Kobe, after he had had an offseason meeting with Kobe, went to his went to his uh, his complex where he trains a bunch of athletes and worked on his game, yes, but also talked about the mindset, came back and threw up a triple-double, and he said it was like a light bulb went up, went off in his head right after that game where he said, not necessarily a triple-double, but Giannis said to himself, I can do this every night. If I want to, I can do this every night. And it was, it was like an awakening for the guy that he realized that he's good enough, talented enough, gifted enough, that if he wants it bad enough, he can go out on that court and do basically whatever he wants on any given night. I feel like Carl Anthony Towns lacks that component to his mindset in in his approach to the game. And I think it goes beyond that, too. Something is definitely wrong here. Like, if you could sound a cat alarm, sound it right now. This is not the player that we expected. This is not the player that we've known consistently. Yes, the whining and moaning and complaining to officials is. But this is, an, this is, this is a guy who... After he came back uh, two weeks ago, after the Friday night game against the Pacers, told the Star Tribune, yeah, you know, there's all this stuff about me not being happy that came out and the reports while I was injured. And I'm here to tell you that we're going to handle this all internally. And that this is, I believe, to quote Carl Anthony Towns that night, this is no longer going to be a circus. And ever since then, he's done everything in his body language and in, in his performance and in his attitude, including today to say something's wrong, I'm not happy. But like what and I don't know what it is. Other than like some if there's if his buddies aren't here, I don't know. Like 
obviously if there's if there's something personal that goes beyond basketball, I just it this if this is what's crazy, okay? And we're going to get Johnny K on here from the Athletic in just a minute. But if you were to have just if you were to have blurred out the coach on the sidelines yesterday, okay? If you were to have blurred out Ryan Saunders on the sidelines and blurred out any references to Gerson Rosas, and you were just to, this had just been a, a random basketball game and look on the court and said so this this felt like the Tom Thibodeau era, like Jimmy Butler could have easily been on the court and pissed off at those guys last night. Like it, it felt like it felt like last year, and it's it's such a divergence from what we saw in the first two and a half or three even four weeks of the season. And uh, we can we can dive more into this and. A lot of Wolves-related topics here. But Johnny Krasinski from The Athletic uh, joins us here on Mackie and Jeb with Rami on Score North and the Score North app. And we'll get we'll get back to all this cat stuff and the, and the historical blown lead last night. But as somebody who has the NBA is your love professionally and, and even personally, the NBA has meant a lot to you over the years. How are you processing here 48 hours later the news from Sunday, Johnny? Yeah, Phil, I mean... Uh... To, to be honest, just not well, um, you know, and I, I kind of had put that out on, on Twitter on Sunday night, um, uh, you know, kind of after a, a tough day of trying to grapple with things. And um, I you know, covered Kobe for, I don't know, 15, 16 years um, uh, in, in covering this league and for the AP and, and for the athletic. I, I probably talked to him. I don't know, five or 10 times over the course of, of that duration, just in group settings and press conferences, asking a question here or there. But, uh, I certainly didn't have any personal relationship or connection with him. Um, you know, we didn't know each other well, like I do, like I've been fortunate enough to know other star players in this league. And, and so there was no real sort of, kind of personal relationship that I had with him that that would bring out a, a lot of emotions but that you know didn't stop me from really having a difficult time coming to grips with it for most of the last two two and a half days is that you know um, whether it's because he was 41 and I turned 41 next week or whether it's because just because you know he has been such a big part of of my life as an NBA follower, um, you know, at, with, as such a central figure in this league, or whether it's because his daughter was with and because so many other people on, on the helicopter were with. But I, I just really was almost surprised at how, you know, difficult a time I had with it. It's just uh, the suddenness of it all, um, clearly kind of the, the life that he was putting together post-retirement, now he had sort of blossomed um, in, in that role, um, you know, the father daughter relationship, I have a daughter and a, and a son, um, all of it, it's just really, you know, really has knocked the wind out of my sails and it's been hard to really kind of, you know, get back on the rails, if you will, and, and, and just go about the day to day work and, and, and life that, um, that you got to do. Hey, General, what was your f- feeling about, um, the, the feeling in the building last night because even before the wolves monumental epic collapse it just felt off and and i I thought the wolves did a really nice job pregame and obviously the game started and the wolves took what the eight second violation and uh, the kings dribbled out the 24 second shot clock but try you know they tried to go back then all right timberwolves fans here's some t-shirts and it just 
it all felt so odd to me. Yeah, Judd, it was. It was really odd. I mean, I think you could feel that most of the people, you know, let's face it here, and, you know, this isn't a dig, but there are not many people going to Wolves games right now. And so the the people who are going in general are really avid fans. The the ones who are really close to the game, who have been following it, um, who are really locked in. And so if you are one of those people, you generally – followed Kobe Bryant. I mean, he was a big part of what you did and and he was one of you know the most famous probably the most famous player um to ever play for the Los Angeles Lakers, which is the flagship franchise of this league and he had some great moments here in Minneapolis and you know over the years and so there was a connection that way and and so I do think that people walked in sort of in a bit of a fog and, you know, it just was not a regular NBA game. There was not that energy. There was just kind of a, a pall over the whole place. And so it was, it was different. I mean, the, 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 the video tribute they did to, to him was incredibly well done. Carl Anthony Towns said some very thoughtful words to the crowd. You know, you had Towns and Covington who wore the 24 and the 8 jerseys and then, I really thought it was a poignant moment when Wiggins puts the ball down on the free throw line where Kobe Bryant broke Michael Jordan's scoring record. All of that was just incredibly touching. But then, yeah, it was hard to kind of shift gears and say, all right, now that we've paid our respects, it's time to to play a game and get excited about that. And I think some people uh, had a t- hard time shifting those gears. Before he passed, you would hear anecdotes here and there of players who – had worked out with Kobe or who he had words of wisdom for. But in the aftermath of his passing, it seems like that was something he really took upon himself, in addition to all the other great things that he did away from the game of basketball, to sort of be a mentor to this next generation of player. Have you ever seen a guy who reached his status, who who went on to do that after they played, to, to be so hands-on with so many of the younger players around the league and teaching them, the game of basketball and and beyond that his his mental approach to the game of basketball yeah no i i don't think so because um i i think that's one of the things that separated him from michael jordan uh i you know jordan was clearly the better player and had the better career and kobe patterned so much of what he was doing after mj and how and how he went about things but uh jordan was also pretty unapproachable uh, from from that kind of standpoint, even within the fraternity of the NBA. There was uh, a velvet rope around his sphere that even, you know, great, great players had a hard time uh, getting past. And so Kobe was definitely much more accessible, uh, was much more willing to reach out and to volunteer his services, and if you were willing to put in the work, and if you took things seriously, uh, he was going to uh, to to let you in and and to to give you some of the uh, pointers and, and and advice that helped him you know reach the status that he did. The other cool thing about Kobe in retirement was that you know you, you do see the Charles Barkleys um, of the world, you know the Jeff Van Gundys, a, a lot of the kind of most famous uh, basketball analysts who had great careers. I mean, I'd even put Shaquille O'Neal in this as well. 
um, a lot of them kind of look at today's game and, and look down their noses at it. And, you know, they will kind of be a little insulting of, of the players of today and call, you know, calling them soft and doing this and that. Kobe never did that. Kobe wasn't one who, um, who, you know, said, I, all, all you kids, you don't remember how, what it was like, or you don't know what it's like to work like I do. And, and you don't, and you don't care like I did. And, and all of these things, he was very accommodating and, and, and opened armed with it. And I do think that that certainly resonated with a young population of NBA players who did grow up as, you know, with Kobe as the center of the NBA universe, not Jordan. I mean, Andrew, Andrew Wiggins was one year old when Kobe made his NBA debut. And so, um, uh, most of these guys, Wiggins, Towns, Levine, you know, a lot of these guys who who are who are established stars now, just Kobe was their guy, and and I think for him to be almost accessible that way, um, was, it was really really impressive. John Krasinski from the Athletic with us here on Mackie and Jeb with Rami, and I, I told these guys off the top of the show, just based on the way the Wolves were going to celebrate Kobe last night or remember Kobe and. Uh, the, the way they started the game, like you said, Andrew Wiggins putting the ball on the free throw line. It, the, ultimately, the basketball game doesn't really matter. The the win or the loss doesn't really matter. But the way that they lost that game on the night that they lost it really rubbed me the wrong way. What did you make of the way that they just completely melted down? Carl Anthony Towns, something seems off there. I just, I, it's been a long time since I have, in an in a fifteen year stretch of some embarrassing moments. It's about as irritated as I've been watching a Timberwolves basketball game end. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I, I think that uh, it, it, as it was happening and even in its aftermath, you know, I've covered this team for 15 years since 2005, and um, that means I have covered a lot of losses and embarrassing kind of play and 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 just. Either bad luck or 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 bad play or however you want to term it, I've seen almost all of it, and I don't know that I've seen anything like that. I mean, to be up seventeen with you know two plus minutes to go, um, to be up thirteen with one thirty nine to go, it it just to to still lose that game, it, it does it does almost defy belief. You're just like, how is this? humanly possible and you know if you want to bring Kobe into it yeah Kobe never would have let something like that happen and Shabazz Napier said that much after the game um but it it, you're just watching this unfold and everything that could go wrong did go wrong and for a team that has two stars who have been in the league now five years and six years to not be able to stop the bleeding there against a really bad team on their home floor with such a lead like they had, uh, it was a damning indictment of where this team is right now. And I know it's just year one of Kirsten Rosas and Ryan Saunders, and I know that a lot of um, the, the, the difficulty they have is inheriting a mess from a salary cap standpoint that has been made it difficult for them to make moves to tailor the team the way they need to tailor it to be sustainable and successful going forward. But still, you have two max salary guys. Um, you have a lead like that. You're playing a terrible team at home. You just you can't lose that game. It was an absolutely one of the low points 
Um, you know, there's 2,000 people in the stands by the end of it. Uh, it was absolutely one of the low points of, of this organization's last 15 years. And that is saying something because it's been really low around here. That's impressive, Johnny. Uh, so what, what is your theory about what's going on with Cat? Because something seems off. And, and I don't know if, if it's something on the court, off the court, but you know, last night it really, uh, didn't sit well with me. And I thought it was really, really odd when he has basically declared himself the captain of this team and he ran from that locker room before the press got in there and then left, you know, poor Shabazz Napier, who was coming off what a two for six performance at the line, a bad game ordinarily would never be asked to talk. And this poor guy then has to sort of carry the message of the team from the player standpoint. Yeah, look, I mean, one thing that you could always say about Carl Anthony Towns uh, in his five plus years here uh, since I've covered him is that you know, good times are bad. Uh, he has been one who stands up and and does talking in the media. Maybe you don't always agree with what he says, or or you're not sure of the viewpoint that he's coming from, but he's always been accountable. Um, and so for him to not do that last night after such a uh, startling collapse, that I think tells you that he's really frustrated. And I think that in some ways he has good reason to be. I mean, he's certainly an all-star player who is surrounded in general by um, a, a lack of talent when it comes to uh, needing to compete day in and day out, but also – you know, a, a player of his caliber should have been able to stop that that bleeding. They, you know, Ryan Saunders did go to his bench too early um, in that game with 139 left and a 13 point lead. He 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 went to it too early, but they were only out for a minute, and they came back in with 37 seconds left and a six point lead, and that's when Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins have to say, "I don't care what's happened." The, you know, the, the, the entire game, I'm going to stop it. I'm going to make sure we win this game. And neither one of them could. Towns was one for five with for four points and three turnovers in the fourth quarter in overtime. And I do think that he wants so badly to be able to turn this thing around, and he has not been successful doing it, and he doesn't have teammates that are good enough to help him do it. And so, yes, I think there's high frustrations. We talked to him at practice today. He was the shortest I've ever seen him. In terms of uh, in terms of interaction with the media, he's very upset, and he should be upset. And now it's up to him, and it's up to Andrew Wiggins as the two established players on this team to turn things around. And so far, they've been incapable of doing that, and that's that's concerning. That's John Krasinski, our friend from the Athletic, theAthletic.com slash Timberwolves. If you want to read his regular Wolves coverage and. Hey, we appreciate your thoughts on Kobe, your thoughts on uh, just a really bad Timberwolves loss last night, and we'll catch up again soon, man. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I'll talk to you soon. All right, Johnny Krasinski. So, I don't know. It just, like, you can't let that happen under your watch, man. And it's and it could, it just, it could have been, if it was just any random night, whatever, it's okay. But, like, don't let that happen on a night where you're honoring a dude who was one of the more grinded and legendary players in the history of the game. Like, it's, it's disrespectful. I don't even expect Carl Anthony Towns to carry this team to victory every night. Like, I think we all put pretty realistic expectation on this Wolves team, given what's around Carl Anthony Towns. But with a 27-point lead in the third quarter, like, there's got to be some 
Not on my GD watch. This ain't happening. Like, there's got to be some of that in your best player and a guy who wants to be a top-flight player in this league. There's got to be a little bit of that attitude that, hell no, this isn't happening on my watch. Over 8,000 teams have been in this situation and not lost, and it's going to happen now with me on the court? No, I don't think so. Like, there's got to be a little bit of that type of defiance in him and that attitude. And how are they this bad? They they now have two combined losing streaks equaling 21 games. Like Johnny just said, they got two max players. This is, ba- yeah, and, and, this and, is basketball, not football. It's also not like people act like, well, yeah, but what about the rest? Okay, Covington yeah. is a rotational player on a playoff team in, in what, a week probably, right? Correct. I mean, he is a good player. Yes. They've got three or four other guys. Are they stacked roster-wise? No. I'm not saying they're a playoff team. I'm saying how are they this yeah. bad? But honestly, losing having t- two 10-game losing streaks like this, it does... The spotlight does shine brightly on Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns, sure. and maybe you're better off that this is happening this year, so you can just flat out figure out. All right, well, okay, these these guys clearly. I mean, Andrew Wiggins, we know what he's been better this year, but it, he, we know that he's not the guy you're going to build a franchise around. But maybe you're finding something out about Carl Anthony Towns that you could only find out the hard way, and that's what's happened the last three or four months. We'll get back into this a little bit later on when we come back. An amazing Kobe Bryant story that Rami and I saw floating around Twitter today. And since Rami was was out sick yesterday, we want to welcome his thoughts on the Kobe Bryant tragedy and all the others that were killed in that tragic accident on Sunday here on Mackie and Judd with Rami from the TCL Studios. And This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. 